This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Hey everybody, this is Nate Jones. I am on the Let's Get Real Estate podcast with Danielle talking about how to optimize your sales lead conversion with conversational AI. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, it's Danielle Chason here and you've just tuned in again to the Let's Get Real Estate podcast and this is where I bring to you real people doing real estate. And today I have Nate Jones with me. Woo, woo. Hey Nate, how's it going? Hey, Danielle. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming and taking the time. I, um, I'm going to share a little bit about you, Nate, just kind of an overview so that people know who you are. So Nate Jones is actually in uh, central Iowa. So he's down in the States and he does AI. He's the founder of Structurally, which is an AI system to help uh, all kinds of businesses, primarily he focuses on investors and real estate agents and mortgage brokers, that sort of thing, to help them with their lead gen and sales conversions. And this is something that we all need in any business, because as we know, our leads, our clients are essentially the heart of the company and keeps us moving forward. So uh, I'm really excited about this episode, Nate. Again, thank you for coming on the show. I am so, so excited to find out more because I need this. I need this. Um, I think a lot of us do. So just to talk about a little bit how you get got onto this, you, you found it structurally about six years ago, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. So what I, led you into this? Yeah. So we were talking about this beforehand, but structurally is my first and only job quote, uh, unquote. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm the founder and we were talking about how you're not really in a job, but it was a really easy transition from ramen in college to ramen at a startup. Uh, so I always uh, like to share that fun story for anyone thinking about diving into starting your own business in real estate. Go for it. Uh, straight out of college, there's no better time because usually you don't have a lot of responsibilities and it's a pretty easy transition, which is exactly what I did. Uh, I studied GIS, that's Geographic Information Systems, a fancy word for mapping basically like Google Maps and stuff or a form of GIS um, and urban planning. So I think that's where I really like fell in love with real estate technology. Actually, if you blend those two together, um, I didn't think about it at the time, but that's all I did was real estate and technology. Um, and I, in college, I basically wanted me and my co-founder, Andrew, wanted to get into real estate investing, but we found you need money. To do that. And we didn't really have any as broke college kids. Um, so what we ended up doing was talking to and shadowing a bunch of real estate agents, lenders, investors, saying, what do you do all day? What do you hate doing? What do you love doing? And landed on kind of a recurring trend that these people, along with most salespeople, love to be in the field, love closing deals, love to get to the, the finish line and get them over the finish line. But the behind the scenes stuff, following up with leads, updating your CRM, chasing leads and converting leads that lots of the, lots of time they, you know, we all get leads that are just like, you know, get lost. 90% of leads are just get lost. So that's a tough, tough task. And we found that most real estate agents hate doing that, which led us to starting structurally. 
Uh, we were lucky enough to find some really smart engineers to solve this problem with conversational AI, uh, rather than just throwing a bunch of humans in a call center to try and solve this problem. So it was a, a unique approach on a on a pretty worldwide problem, I guess, universal problem. So here's what I love about what you just said. So when you have like a call center with a whole bunch of people that are there, they have scripts, right? Essentially what you're doing is you're just taking that script and you're automating that through a system with using technology and leveraging technology. And for, for me being a business owner and looking at this, it's like, okay, I, I, there's so many benefits to this because I don't have to manage a team. I don't have to manage a call center. The, the, the accounting is easier, the bookkeeping on all of this, because I don't have a whole bunch of different payrolls. I'm not dealing with people not showing up, all of that stuff, things uh, not getting documented because essentially what you're doing is you're doing all of what they do in a call center and you're just automating that process through tech, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, believe it or not, Computers are more consistent and more more trainable than humans. Uh, that is something we learned really early. Uh, a number of our competitors tried to solve our same problem with call centers. They hired like gig economy folks across the world who would just like text leads. And they found that they couldn't train a workforce like that. They couldn't say, hey, don't say this in this situation. Don't say this in this situation. They wouldn't learn, but you tell a computer that once, twice, a few times, and it learns and it's very consistent. You can't argue with it. It always shows up. It never complains usually. Um, and it's pretty easy to train. Uh, once you get the, once you get training data in there and a machine learning model up and running, you're kind of off to the races and in a really good consistent spot. So, uh, that's not at all to say that computers are here for your job. That's a big pet peeve of mine is I believe, and most people in the AI world believe that computers, AI are here to augment your role so that humans can focus on more creative tasks. They can focus on closing deals, not the 90% of leads who say, you know, get lost. I don't want to talk to you. The AI can handle that. So you can be freed up to do a lot more closings, a lot more of your creative work that you should be doing as someone getting started in real estate or someone uh, in, in real estate for a long time. And I love what you said there, uh, where we can spend our time closing deals because essentially there's a lot of filtering and leading when it comes to getting lead gen, you have a wide net and then you got to filter them down and through your funnel. So you're going to qualify these people and, and learn whether or not they're a good fit for you. And if you're a good fit for them, and that's part of the process and you can automate all of that. And then of course, at the end, that's when you kind of connect and use your time in order to close them. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. I also love what you said about training computers. So just to be clear for people who are out there listening, computers also need to be trained because when you write a program, it's not going to be perfect the first time around. So you test the system, it doesn't work, then you tweak it, it doesn't work, and then you tweak it. That's like training it. And then you write in the coding that needs to be done in order to get the output that you're looking for. And ta-da, then consistency is key. Then you've got that consistency. I'm like all over this, Nate. I'm so excited right now. You have no idea. So, okay, <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. What else do we need to know about how to use AI in our business? Um. Yeah, I think 
I think that your your point about like the sales scripts is really important to note. Um, we kind of avoid the word script because when you when we we've seen about ten million going on ten million conversations. That's at this point, I think upwards of fifty million individual messages. No, like very few two messages that we've ever seen are are the same. Everyone says something different, no matter what, in millions of these conversations. So it's it's really hard to get around one script. Um, when you think about a conversation, a conversation could go anywhere at any time, no matter what you try and do, no matter what leading questions you have, no matter where you want to steer them, it'll just go anywhere. Some of the messages we've seen from our, our leads are insane. They'll tell us their whole life story about you know their how their dog is sick and they're stressed out about it and they need to move because they need more space and all this and that. It's hard to script for. Our our product takes a very empathetic approach, which is really hard to believe. As AI, it's very empathetic. Um, but we never know what a lead's going to say. And I think one thing that I always encourage people in in sales and especially in real estate, being that it's a very empathetic industry, is to always just kind of push and, and why. You know, the script in quotes, the script is tell me more. Tell me more about that. Why? We always try and dig a few layers further. Our our scripts aren't, you know, how many beds do you want? How many baths do you want? What's your price do you want? What time frame? Not very robotic there. Can you tell me about what's motivating you to move? Can you tell me more about that? Are you working with an agent? How's that going? So it's always trying to get to one layer further. So ultimately, when we are passing it off to our our agent who, who works with us, they have something to talk about that's not just a property because people aren't necessarily buying the property. They're, they're, they're moving uh, for their life's, you know, their life reason. Uh, and in real estate, the, the common phrase, I don't know if everyone uh, follows this, but the three, three D's of real estate, death, divorce, disease, they're sad. They're very empathetic. But we in our product have to go so far as to empathize with that. When someone says they're going through a divorce, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, can you tell me more about what you're looking for? Um, so I think scripting is a is a tough word um, because you can never really fully script for any everything. You just kind of have to adapt. And uh, our product does that, but it doesn't have to be an AI that does that. When you're talking to real estate or when you're talking to leads as well, uh, it's important to keep that in mind that you don't have to stick to a script per se. It's okay to go off script and it's uh, okay to uh, ask another question, ask why a few times, one, two or three times. Yeah, I love that. And y- you know what? I think that maybe that's what differentiates you from other AI products out there because a lot of them are scripted like that. They're very mm-hmm. cut and dry. And I've heard some people, they they have these bots and they have these scripted bots and then they get to a point where somebody is texting something that's outside of that box that they need to be replying and they want to tell their story, but they can't. And then the lead dies. And then what happens with it then? And so you tell me how you've overcome that and how you're kind of above that. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Uh, we have a little phrase that we like to talk about there. Um, everyone here has probably experienced a bad chatbot, a bad yes. AI. The thing that pops up in the bottom right-hand corner 
that is obviously a bot. And if you say the wrong thing, it's a disaster. You, you hate it, you close it down, you leave the website. That's not at all us. Um, we like to think of those chatbots as a train. You're going down a train track. And if you say something off script, there's going to be a train wreck. Uh, our product is a lot more like an ATV, an off-road vehicle, where most of the time we're kind of going down a path. But if someone says something off script, we're going to go off-roading with them and then have some fun, chat with them about what they told us, and then come try and come back ultimately to the path. And it's kind of a fun way to think about conversations because you have no idea what someone's going to say at any time. Um, Mid-conversation, like I told you, people will tell us their life story. And they might say, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I really don't want a $500,000 house. What I need is a $400,000 house. Most chatbots there would just break. They'd say, okay, I have to start over. Basically, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't go back and say something that you already told me. We adapt to that. We say, okay, got it. Updated it to 500000 So sorry to hear that you're going through a divorce. By the way, what's your time frame to move? So off, off script. In fact, in that case, we actually went reverse and then took them back to where we kind of left off in, in the script. So we're always trying to acknowledge the things that they're saying and then ask further kind of probing questions to get to an outcome to pass off a qualified appointment to our, our uh, agents that we're working with, which is a lot different approach. So essentially, I mean, you, men- you mentioned a CRM before, and for those of you who don't know what a CRM is in, uh, you know, in the new decade that we are in now, every business ought to have a CRM. It's a client relationship manager, and it's an online software where you keep the profile of all the clients that you have and the leads that you're capturing. So Nate, what you're telling me then is that you're, you're, AI software will capture these leads, put them into my CRM. And as they're chatting with the lead, the AI system chats with the lead, it's going to update the data in the CRM. Is that right? Yes. Um, With a little bit of a caveat too. A lot of leads that we work with already exist in the CRM. So we, we do things a little bit different than the little live chat widget that you see on the website uh, that pops up. We take leads that are typically already in your CRM and text and email them. So all of our conversations over are over both text and email. And that's a, a lot different approach than like your live chat chat right. bot. Um, we do that because, and we think it's really important because those are channels that are for life. You can text someone forever. You can't follow up with someone on your website forever. In fact, you probably get like three to eight seconds of their life at best. So when when we work with customers, we typically plug directly into their CRM, kind of pull the leads out that they want us to follow up with and, and revive or chase after and qualify, and then have the two-way conversation with the uh, the lead and update the CRM at that time. Okay. You mentioned something really quick there that I need to go back three to eight Mm -hmm. seconds. Guys, if you're listening to this, he didn't come up with this out of nowhere. Three to eight seconds is how long you have to engage somebody. That's it. And so if you can't do it within three to eight seconds, you've lost that person. It's going to be a lot harder to bring them back. 
Sorry, Nate. I just, mm-hmm. you mentioned that and there's like actually data behind all of that. So I just wanted to uh-huh. make sure that that's, that's something important for people to know. That's how quick marketing happens. And I think a lot of people, you know, they spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour with somebody, but if you didn't get them in that three to eight seconds, they've already disengaged. And if you're not tuned into that, they're, you're just wasting your time at that point. And you have to, and if you haven't pivoted to re-engage them, it's going to be really difficult to onboard them. Um, but anyway, moving forward, uh, from that. So here we go. We got a CRM. You're reaching out to the people in the CRM. You're communicating to them uh, in, with a human feel. It's not typical. And here's what I love to circle back to what I was saying about the CRM. You're going to update information in the CRM. So I don't have to go back in and type in, hey, they don't want a $500,000 house. Now they've changed their mind. They want a $400,000 house. I love that because I don't have to manually type that in. Oh, by the way, can you update my email address? Email me here instead of here. And that all gets updated. How much time is that going to save for people so that they can be working on their business rather than in the CRM? Yeah, we've seen obviously hours shaved off off their day uh, on the data updating alone. Where we see the most time saved, I would say is especially with the way the world is moving towards messaging, emails, texts, Facebook, Messenger, everyone is messaging. Um, we, have a, we have a saying here, we've done podcasts and webinars on this before that dials are dying. People aren't answering the phone um, as much anymore. That is not to say that no one answers the phone because ultimately our product is trying to tee up a phone appointment. They answer the phone when they know who's calling. We get spam calls more than ever before. And if you're if you're just calling people as soon as they register or just willy-nilly kind of randomly and they have no idea who your number is, like they're not going to answer. I never answer those spam calls. I'm sure you don't either. I'm sure no one answers those anymore. But if you're having a text conversation or email conversation qualified and say, hey, I'm going to give you a call here in 10 minutes from 515 whatever, they're going to answer. So that's why we say like, Dials are dying, asterisk, initially, uh, when you're trying to do it cold. Um, but where we see a ton of time saving is because dials are dying, the burden has been moved towards messaging, and messaging is really time consuming. Any, any one um, agent might be managing, I mean, minimum like 300 to 500 leads in their CRM at a given time. That's like, hundreds of conversations that you're trying to manage at different life cycles. And that's just impossible for any human to, to manage. You're trying to have all of these text conversations at one time and you can't keep them straight. You you don't know where they're at in the CRM. Uh, You don't know if they're qualified or not yet. And that's where we see a ton of time saving because the AI knows exactly where it's at in the conversation. It knows exactly what's been updated and it's trying to get to an appointment. It's not just, uh, and it's not going to give up. Most agents give up after the third attempt to reach a lead. The third attempt, most contact with sales leads are made after the sixth, between the sixth and eighth attempt. So you're giving up before, you're giving up too early uh, at a minimum. And our AI does not give up very early. Uh, and it it takes a lot to beat it down. We're pretty aggressive with our follow-up and that might turn some agents off, but it's for good reason. We study these things at depth to figure out what works to get replies, 
what works to get conversions and ultimately what works to get more appointments. Yeah. And you have a lot of data that you get back from all of this AI and you have a team that analyzes all that data to keep tweaking what works, right? Because ultimately people, people's psychology is changing, things in the environment are changing. And so just staying on top of that is really key. I also want to say, um, we're talking a lot about real estate agents here, but let's talk a little bit about like, I'm an investor. I am an agent as well. I'm a real estate broker, but primarily my, my primary work is on the investing side. And, um, we also mentioned like mortgage brokers. So there's, I think way more capacity to hit a lot of different industries. So let's talk about how you're helping other industries as well. It's the same problem. Every salesperson gets leads and most salespeople are not good at converting them. Uh, this is something we talked a little bit about beforehand where I, I personally have a little bit of a beef with new leads. Every, every salesperson's onto the shiny next new lead um, across all industries. Uh, lenders get you know new refi leads, new home loan leads. Insurance agents get new policy uh, new policy fo folks, a new quotes requests or policy laps uh, leads. We work with all those. We have a library of going on 250 plus pre-built scripts, scripts uh, again, that you can use out of the box. So we can work them all, but it's a little bit more what works for your business. Are you getting new leads? That's great. You can send them our way immediately. And we do recommend that you do that because speed to lead. You talked that you have three to eight seconds to convert them. Well, you're actually 21 times less likely to convert a new lead if you do not reply to them in the first five minutes. So if they come on your website and you ignore them for six minutes, you're 21 times less likely to convert them. So this is a universal problem that we're solving across all industries. Um, starting with new leads, that speed to lead is super important. But I ultimately believe that if you look at your CRM or your book of business or wherever you have like your contacts that you think might buy whatever you're selling, a house, a loan, an insurance policy, look at that group of leads first. You probably have hundreds or thousands of people who you've kind of thrown to the wayside, said, ah, they didn't respond to me. They're not ready to buy. I don't want to deal with them. I just want another new lead. That's a really easy trap to fall into. And our product actually does work those old leads really well. And it's a great way to kind of, uh, it's a great way to reinvigorate your business without spending a bunch of money on, on new leads. Cause that's an expensive kind of treadmill to get on. Um, so I, I always like to, to make sure that that's clear. We are not just a focus on new leads. Uh, product. We are, let's try and revive your old leads product as well, because that's kind of a forgotten space. Um, sometimes we like to say here that leads go to the CRM to die. <laughs> um, people just kind of give up on them and then they go in your CRM and collect a bunch of dust for years and years when, when you should just kind of bring them out and try and bring them back to life. So you're just actually bringing like my brain is like racing right now. That's all I got to say. So one of the things that, one of the things that, um, one of the things that when you have a CRM, if anybody out there has a CRM, you'll understand this. Uh, you have a CRM full of leads that maybe didn't convert or didn't go anywhere. And then there's the CRM management piece. 
I'm thinking about what you're telling me here. And I'm like, wow, this can absolutely keep my CRM clean. And so like having this system go through and targeting the leads, we can segment them, you know, using tags and whatnot, but then you I can keep my CRM database actually relevant and not have, like you said, CRM to die, right? So I don't have them in the CRM and go, okay, well, when's the last time they engaged and, you know, all this and that. And you have to scrub your CRM, clean your CRM, manage it every now and again. And I'm, I like, you're talking and I'm like, oh my God, like, I need this. Like, I'm telling you, I told you that before the call. I'm like, I need this. And so I can use this system, not just to, help push people through my funnel and maybe get them closer to a lead, build their profile, find out where they're at now. Maybe if we haven't touched them in a year, go back and update and see maybe their price point is different. Maybe their phone number is different, all of that. And then you can through this, not scripts, go through and, um, and, and update all that information as well. But if they're not replying, then we can you know, clean the, clean the database a little bit. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time just even trying to figure out who's, who should I be targeting here in my database? And Mm -hmm. do you, do you use this? Like, do you see that as a benefit using the AI system with the existing people that are already in the CRM? Yes, absolutely. Uh, We have probably 80% of our current customers are using us for those old leads to clean their CRM out basically. And obviously those leads are, they get like less, um, less response rate, less qualification rate because they're older. They probably have moved on with their life, but you get, um, it's kind of like a, a conveyor belt of bringing in dirt and sifting out gold at the end of the day. It's just, there's less gold in those old leads, but there is still gold in those old leads. And that's what a lot of our customers use us for. It's still really valuable. I think you hit on a really good point. It's still really valuable to know what leads aren't aren't qualified. We disqualify leads just as much as we qualify leads. And uh, a lot of salespeople, I think, are scared of disqualifying leads because they're like, oh, I could just convert them. I, I know I can do it. It's good to disqualify leads. You don't want a pipeline of hundreds of people that you're trying to manage in your head who are just going to waste your time. And that is a huge benefit of a product like ours or in a a shift in your mindset too. You do want to disqualify leads as a salesperson so you don't waste your time essentially. Um, And that is really the act of cleaning up your CRM. We're guilty of it too. It's structurally. We have thousands of contacts in our CRM that we have to go and clean up. Um, We use our product sometimes ourselves for something like that to say, are they interested? Are they going to reply? Should we just leave them? Uh, should we delete them from the CRM entirely? Cause they're never interested. It's a really good, healthy exercise to get in the habit of for sure. And for those of you who are here in Canada, every three years you need to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this name, but every three years you need to ask for permission to stay in the database. And so we, we have privacy laws here, PIPEDA, that's one of the rules. And so having, having an AI system go through instead of building an email campaign and people don't respond to it, having an AI system that goes through and says, Hey, we noticed that you've been here for, you know, two years. We just want to make sure you still want to be a part of our whatever, and then click here. And then if they don't click, then we send an email. If they don't click another text, if they don't click just until they keep, they, they just finally say, okay, click. And then that's it. 
Um, or maybe they unsubscribe, which they could have just clicked. No, would have been the same thing. So mm -hmm. again, just maintaining that CRM and anybody who's in business who pays for a CRM when you're paying for your CRM and you're paying based on typically the more leads you have, the more profiles you have, the more expensive it is. So having an AI system to clean out and just keep qualified leads in your CRM is actually going to keep the cost of your CRM down and make it way more manageable. Love this. I'm like all over this, Nate. Like, where do I sign? I need to be on your list. Where do I sign up? Okay. So, um, Tell me the biggest obstacle that you find you help your clients overcome because everybody has a problem and being a company like Structural, and I know there's like a bunch of things I already know. Like, I mean, I'm going through this in my head. There's a ton of things that we've already mentioned and more that you help overcome and there's a huge benefit to people. But what is the biggest benefit to using this? So it's a, a little surprising, even for me, I would say, uh, I do a number of onboardings, check-in calls, kind of strategy calls with a lot of our customers regularly. And I always hear that people, people sign up for structurally for the lead conversion. They think they're going to get better lead conversion and they do. They sign up for the lead conversion, but they stay for the workflow improvements. And that that's always been really weird for me to, to hear uh, but I think is really important for everyone in their their journey as a someone starting a business, especially in real estate, to think through. Um, structurally, if you think about it, is hiring another salesperson. Um, you can think of it like an inside sales agent, an ISA, or some people call it an SDR, sales development rep. Basically, this person is responsible typically for chasing leads and qualifying them. And most of our customers actually have a human ISA, which is kind of funny because we always thought we would like replace them. But again, it's our job to augment their role. But ultimately, when someone's hiring, buying structurally, they're hiring another sales rep and putting them into like rotation. And that means a change of workflow. So they have to say, okay, I get all these leads from Zillow or from my sphere of influence or from my past clients. I need to route them to structurally first. And then I need to route them to my agents. How do I do that? And thinking through like the lead journey and the lead rotation as like a sales manager is, yeah. is actually a really important aspect that I think people have to kind of reconsider when they buy structurally. And it helps them really like fine tune it. They have to think through, oh, I have a gap in my, my follow-up here. I don't do a good job here. I'm going to put structurally there. And only when a lead becomes qualified, am I going to give it to my agents? That makes my agents more efficient. So can I actually go buy more leads? Can I send more old leads through? Can I just like get the engine humming a lot quicker? And that kind of ultimately that engine is your, your workflow, your sales workflow. And I think that like, yeah, one of our salespeople told that to me. He said, what I've found at Structurally is people will buy think, buy Structurally for the lead conversion, but stay for the workflow improvements because they have to kind of they have to kind of tear it down and rebuild it with us, uh, which is a really good exercise to do, actually. I'm all about systems and having SOPs, standard operating procedures, or 
practices within your business to follow. I think it holds people accountable. It makes your life easier because you don't have to think about what your next step is. You don't forget anything. So when you have a process to follow, I'm all about systems. Like that is my mm -hmm. life. And so when, when you have a system to follow, that really helps you dial in and get to the goal that you're looking to obtain and achieve that goal. So having this AI system, and I think that's where that's where, to your point, I'm just validating what you're saying because I fully agree with you. I think sales breaks down because there's no process. Everybody just kind of wings it. Everybody knows mm -hmm. how to kind of do it, but there's the follow-up, the, the money's in the follow-up. Everybody knows that, but the follow-up doesn't happen because there's no process, there's no procedure, and there's no accountability for people to actually see it through. And so when you have what you're saying when you when you hire hire you guys say to come in and put this process into place then you guys are like well you need to tell me what your process is and then people are like oh wait a minute and then it forces them to sit down and actually put it together so i love that i absolutely love that. that's a huge benefit huge and you work with them you work with them to work through it and make suggestions i'm assuming yeah absolutely our our sales and cs team uh We've actually hired a lot of former or current real estate agents themselves as our sales and CS team. So they are they're they're more than willing and do roll up their sleeves and say, "Hey, let me see your CRM. I've seen this work before for other people. Let me let me tweak some stuff. Let me put a rule in place. Let me put a different uh, on like a lead assignment rule in place." So yeah, they they roll up their sleeves. We've seen a lot. We've seen every CRM sales SOP we've seen it uh we've seen everyone do things slightly different because everyone does do things slightly different no two onboardings of ours have ever been the same I don't think everyone does sales so different and that's probably uh that's probably a result of exactly what you said everyone kind of wings it uh because they do but it is a really good exercise to take a step back say what am I doing in my sales mm -hmm. org and let's see where there are some gaps because people don't do that often enough. And leads especially do fall through the cracks, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. And the sad part is when the lead falls through the cracks, that's really um, money out the window because you paid for that lead. And mm -hmm. it's not just opportunity loss, but it's also any investment you made into that lead up until that point and whether it's capital meaning you paid to get that lead, whether you hired a company like Structurely or you hired, you did some Facebook ads or, or whatever it is, a billboard. Um, and then you got that lead, but then it fell through the cracks. So you also missed the opportunity with it because you just don't have the system in place to follow. So I love that. It really helps build structure. <laughs> get it structurally <laughs> build structure around, um, your, your sales, sales conversion, lead to conversion process. Um, last question before I go, do you have, um, what, what's your conversion rate? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Um, we average about a 57% response rate. So it's a, that's an important like leading indicator for us. Cause we want to know, are we actually just getting people to respond? Even if it's stop or leave me alone. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Um, so 57% response rate, that's mostly over text, but that does include email as well. Um, and then total, we average about a 17% qualification rate. Um, so that's not 17% of the 57% who's responded. It's actually just 17% of all leads 
become oh. qualified. And we define qualified a little, everyone defines it different. Um, we might argue about what a qualified lead is forever. Uh, and that's okay. But we have a set of very strict criteria. It's basically someone who's ready to take the next step. They want an appointment. They're not working with an agent. They're not working with a lender. They need an introduction of some kind and they need to talk to you. So they're hot. They've kind of raised their hand and they want to take a next step. That's what we deem as a qualified lead. And we average about a 17% conversion from all leads to qualified lead. I love that. Yeah. And you wouldn't know the closing rate on that because that's specific to the individual company. So yeah, we do have like an ROI calculator in our product that we ask our agents to put in their appointment to close ratio because we don't know it. We can't ever really know it. So we ask them to input it. And we've seen that typically across the board, the average appointment set to closed ratio is anywhere between like 14 to 40%. It's really all, all over the board. But um, that's kind of a number that we take into account for our ROI calculation is if we set 100 appointments for you, we darn well expect you to close about 20 of them. So you better do that. If you don't, there's a problem that's probably on your side that you need to figure out. So that's those are some good numbers to maybe benchmark for your listeners uh, that we've seen, because that's really hard data to actually find. Yeah, no kidding. That's um and and those by the way are really good rates. So for the mm-hmm. listeners, I mean if you do look at conversion rates and you follow and compare what Nate has shared, he's actually above the the standard average market average. So that is absolutely amazing. I just know I need this by the way. Um so we're going to talk offline. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up the call so that I can find out more and how to how to buy into this and how this is going to work for my company. I know and by the way, just so you know, uh for the listeners, I this is the first time I've met Nate. Um this uh I, I keep saying that I'm going to buy in and I don't want you to think that I'm just trying to promote him here. I actually see the value in this service. So um, yeah, I'm all over this. Nate, is there any final words for the listeners? Any words of wisdom you want to share before we go? The last thing that I would say is as a little thought experiment, a little takeaway, if you're an experienced or even just new agent, um, the thought experiment I always like to ask people out that I work with are what would happen if you turned off your new leads for a month? My, my experience tells me that you would actually convert more leads. You would actually see a positive lift in your business just as much as if you were continuing to buy new leads. Um, Give it a thought. Think about not chasing the next new shiny lead. Think about going after your existing database, your sphere of influence, your past clients, seeing if you can convert them rather than just chasing the next new shiny lead. Um, And that's something that I always like to drop as a a little thought experiment that you don't actually have to do uh, because it is good to keep your pipeline full with new leads, but just a little thought experiment uh, to, to give those dusty leads a little bit of attention. Love that. Absolutely love that. So if you want to connect with Nate, you can go to structurally.com. He has uh, offered to any podcast listener who wants to give it a try Uh, You just have to sign up, book a demo, let the people know that you're doing the demo with, that you 
uh, want the podcast listener discount and you'll get a free month to give it a try. And there's a whole, he's got an offering on the back end, uh, but it is not public. So you just have to make sure you share it with the demo people and uh, find out a little bit more about this product. I firmly believe like this is where we're going. This is where we're going with technology and this is where business is going. So if you don't already have a CRM, get one. If you don't have a method of saving your contacts, that's a first step. And then you can start building on it by connecting with Nate and his team. And if you want to send him a quick email, it's nate at structurally.com. He is on LinkedIn and he also has spoken at many events like Hacker Connect and Agent Connect and sharing his story and his product with the world. So if you want to find out more, all of his information is on the website as well for the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. So you can go there find him. His bio is there. All of the stuff that I just said is going to be there. And it's of course going to be all in the show notes. So if you want to find out more, that's where you go. And with that, I'm going to sign off. This is Danielle Chason with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast, where we bring you real people doing real estate. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you're looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next episode.